So I've been a tequila drinker for years. I think I was looking for a spirit option that just fit into my healthier, more active lifestyle, being gluten-free for over 10 years. And I found that with really high quality tequila, I would feel better, you know, than if I drank wine or things that had a lot of sugar in them the next day. And it just became my, my drink of choice. Um, this was like a clean option. And I started discovering that so many women were telling me that they are also tequila drinkers. I thought, okay, all these women drink tequila. Why are brands not focused on this consumer? Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Art of Living Well podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And before we dive into our episode, just a reminder that we would love to have you sign up for our health transformation audit, where we bring you, our community members, onto our show for a 15-minute experience where we guide you to identify what's holding you back from your ideal health and wellness and we analyze with you so you can walk away with tangible action step. As, an, as integrative health practitioners and health coaches, we love doing this kind of work with you. Check out some of our other episodes, episode 121, 126, 130, and 133 to hear from a few of our community members who have been guests on the show for this health transformation audit. So we would love to hear from you. Click the link in our show notes or head on over to our website, theartoflivingwell.us, and sign up for your 15-minute health transformation audit. And now we are excited to share with you today's guest, Mara Smith. Mara is a former attorney, corporate strategist, and stay-at-home mom who is the founder of Inspiro Tequila. Mara began her legal career at a large law firm in Chicago before joining the corporate strategy team at a Fortune 100 company. After her twins were born prematurely, Mara decided to leave the corporate world to focus on her family. She never stopped thinking about what was next. She always envisioned running her own company, and in February of 2020, she set out on her journey to create a new tequila brand. Mara started drinking tequila when she was looking for a clean, gluten-free spirit that fit into her active lifestyle. She searched for a tequila brand that was additive-free with a look, taste, and aroma that appealed to her as a consumer. The perfect tequila did not exist, so she decided to create her own. The goal was not just to create a -a one-of-a-kind tequila, it was also to bring another female voice to the spirits industry. Women are involved in every aspect of Inspiro Tequila's process, from creating the taste profiles to getting bottles on the shelves. As a female founder, Mara's mission is to inspire and support other women on their entrepreneurial journeys through financial support and also mentoring. 
This conversation was so fun, and especially after both Stephanie and I got these bottles of Inspiro tequila from Mara ahead of time, so we had some time to taste it, and we loved learning about her additive-free tequila and how she created this tequila and brand and how she's really bringing the female voice into the spirits industry. Um, Mara really explains the differences between an additive-free brand like Inspiro and other tequilas. And also she talks a little bit about what it's like to be a woman in a very much male-dominated industry. We talk about a few different ways that Mara likes to drink the tequila and also how Stephanie and I have experimented with it as well. And this is just such a fun conversation. So welcome, Mara. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Shield Your Body. Shield Your Body is a company that makes products to shield your body against electromagnetic frequency, or EMF radiation, from modern technology. Did you know that all modern technology is a source of EMF radiation? Cell phones, laptops, Wi-Fi, even your refrigerator is a source of EMF radiation. And each year, we are exposed to more and more EMFs. There are literally thousands of high-quality, peer-reviewed scientific studies demonstrating clear links between exposure to EMF radiation and a wide range of negative health effects, from anxiety and infertility to sleep disruption and cancer. Fortunately, there are easy ways that you can reduce your EMF exposure right now that cost you absolutely nothing. After reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I stopped using my AirPods something I used daily for hours sometimes and have switched back to the old school wired headphones. And for me, after reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I really put my foot down and insisted that my kids keep their cell phones and their laptops out of their bedrooms at night while they were sleeping. And I've been working on Jordan as well. And I think after reading the guide and listening to our podcast, he has finally agreed to do that. So download your copy of a free guide at shieldyourbody.com to start improving your health right now. And be sure to check out our episode number 123 with R. Blank, CEO of Shield Your Body. Hi, Mara. Stephanie and I are really excited to have you as a guest on our show today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and for sending us each a bottle of your delicious Inspiro tequila. We have both really enjoyed drinking and serving it and making fun cocktails this summer. So everyone has a story and we would love to hear in a nutshell about your journey on how you went from a legal career at a large law firm to working in corporate strategy in a Fortune 500 company to ultimately creating your very own perfect tequila called Inspiro. We love the name, by the way. Thank you. Yes. So... Um, well, it's, it's kind of a, those major pivots, um, and kind of, and I don't think I ever foresaw this as far as becoming a tequila brand owner, but, um, yes, I started my career after law school, um, in a really large law firm in Chicago and it was great. I got a, a ton of experience really quickly. Um, and it was really lear- a great learning environment. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. But once they started thinking about um, and started thinking, well, I might want to start a family. Um, at that time, I just did not have any role models to see how a woman could do that and balance um, family with a 
you know, career at a large law firm. Um, unfortunately there were, there were no women partners in my entire department. And so I just didn't have anyone to kind of like look, look, you know, to, to figure out how, how that could be done. And really my option was to go part-time. Um, but that would really mean working kind of full-time, but just being paid for part-time. And it would take me off the partnership track, uh, which I didn't want to do. And it also would mean really not getting the kind of big, sexy deals that I enjoyed working on. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to leave and try and go to the the business side of things. Um, my undergrad was a business degree. I had a CPA. So I thought I'm going to try and transition to go on the business side. So I went to McDonald's Corporation to work in their corporate strategy and business development group. And that actually sparked my entrepreneurial spirit. It was really, it was a really exciting time. It was kind of a new group. Um, I was studying consumer trends and looking at customer insights. And I found like the whole ideation process of trying to come up with concepts and ideas for this big corporation really fascinating. Um, in fact, it sparked my entrepreneurial spirit so much that I started looking into opening my own um, branch of a, a ice cream franchise. Not not the best fit for Chicago weather, so I deviated, <laughs> decided not to go that route. But it just I started thinking about ideas. What could I do? What could I start on my own? And um, but my corporate career came to kind of a screeching halt. So at the time, I became pregnant with my oldest children, who are twins. And I was put on emergency bed rest. And that was really the last day of my um, professional career there because um, once I had preemie twins, I made the decision to stay home and I thought they needed my attention. I'm very fortunate that I was in the position that I could make that decision. But that is, that's kind of what I, I decided at that time. And really, that was probably the most major pivot in my life, um, more than even starting a tequila company, because... I don't think I ever saw that coming. I don't think anyone who knew me ever saw that coming. I was super, super focused and driven and pretty like myopically focused on how do I excel? How do I succeed? How do I get the next level? So that was a big um, turning point for me to make the decision to stay home. And, um, but while I was home, I became, you know, the CEO of my house and uh, took that job just as seriously but I always knew I was going to go back and do something. And I knew it was going to be starting something on my own. And when I would think of ideas and ponder, you know, what it would be, um, kind of one of those really devoted, you know, Shark Tank fans listening to how I built this, lots of podcasts, loving to hear founder stories. It really inspired me. Um, and I just kept coming back to tequila. So I've been a tequila drinker for years. I think I was looking for a spirit option that just fit into my healthier, more active lifestyle, being gluten-free for over 10 years. And I found that with really high quality tequila, I would feel better, you know, than if I drank wine or things that had a lot of sugar in them the next day. And it just became my, my drink of choice. Um, this was like a clean option. And I started discovering that so many women were telling me that they are also tequila drinkers. I thought, okay, all these women drink tequila why are brands not focused on this consumer? And I started doing a lot of research and discovered that half the tequila drinkers are actually female. And I just didn't think that, you know, there was a brand out there that appealed to me and other thoughtful consumers like me who care about what we eat and drink and the brands we support. Um, I thought everything from a, you know, the look, the bottle design to the taste profile, to the aromas, to, how it's marketed, you know, 
traditionally using, you know, scantily clad women and dark club scenes that just did not resonate with me. So um, I just thought there was an opportunity here and to come up with something different. And so I founded Inspiro Tequila in February of 2020. And I thought there was also an opportunity to really make an impact here. So there are so few women in the spirits industry. And if I was going to go back in the workforce and do something, I wanted to be able to make an impact. I thought here was an opportunity to really bring another female perspective to the industry by having women involved in every part of our process from our legendary master distiller in Mexico to the women responsible for operations, sales and marketing. So I, I thought here we could bring really a, a female voice to an industry where there are not that many female voices. Well, wow. I love your story. And I can, you know, I can relate so much to your earlier days in the law firm. Cause I know you said you were a CPA, which was, I always say I'm a recovering CPA and I can <laughs> feel you with like wanting to have a family and working part-time. And I tried to do that as well. So I just, I can relate so much. And I love how you've always, it seems like had this entrepreneurial spirit, like listening to how I built this and all those founder stories. So it seems like this was like your calling at some point, it was going to inevitably happen through your journey. So thank you for taking us through that. Um, So can you talk a little bit about the difference between an additive brand, additive free brand like Inspiro and other tequilas? And I, you know, I think for a lot of women out there, like you said, there's 50% you know, the tequila drinkers are women, but a lot of us still have this notion in our head of like really bad tequila, maybe on spring break in Mexico sometime in our twenties. And that's like up until maybe four years ago when I started, you know, enjoying tequila, like a tequila Blanco, that's what I had. And I would just stay away from it because that's, (laughs) that was like my last memory and it wasn't a good one. Right. So (laughs) can you talk a little bit about, you know, yes the added a free component of yours. And I think there's two different things there. So I think the tequila that people have PTSD from is generally a mixed dough tequila and not a hundred percent agave tequila. So what what did you say? What was the word? It's a a mixed dough, a mixed dough tequila and not 100% agave tequila. So it means that, um, so to be 100% agave tequila, it has to be um, manufactured and bottled in certain regions of Mexico. It's kind of like, it's Appalachian origin, just like kind of how champagne has to be only can only be produced in the region of champagne. So that's the first kind of like the test is you want to make sure it's 100% agave tequila. So if it's not, and it's a mixed dough, it means that only 51% has to be agave and 49% can be like other sugars or grains. And that's generally the kind of tequila that made you not feel well, but they're kind of lower end tequilas. Even when you're 100% agave tequila, though, what I discovered when I started doing a lot of research, which I did not know about, is that many, many tequila brands use additives. So here, I thought I was drinking tequila because I really wanted this like clean drink option. It's clean spirit. And lo and behold, I didn't realize that the brands I was drinking actually use additives. So coloring, flavoring, glycerin, um, and you know, really most of the brands that we, we know and love. Um, so when I set out to do this, I'd done a lot of customer research. We ran focus groups. We, we did a survey to really understand what these women's taste preferences were, what types of brands they like, what they're looking for in the, you know, and in, in the taste of their tequila. Um, and I said, can we develop that sweeter notes, really easy to drink, a smooth tequila, 
but can we do that without using additives? So really, um, I tasked Anna Maria Romero Mania, who's our master stiller, and um, to do that. And she was able to kind of see that, see that through and have it come to fruition by a really meticulous and thoughtful process of how our tequila is made. Um, and actually the fact that we have a, even our Blanco, um, we rested in barrels for a really short time and that, w- that enabled it to add like the sweeter notes to the taste profile, like vanilla and caramel. Also it's like a little bit of hints of like citrus and mint, um, as well as take a lot of the bite off the back end. I know both of you and you try to notice that very little, you know, there's very little bite and it's kind of dangerously easy to drink. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of what helped that with the kind of our our process uses proprietary yeast strains to get some um, more berry notes and then the resting in barrels. So I think we got the kind of sweeter aromas and notes, but unlike a lot of brands with, was without adding things that would add vanilla and caramel and sweetness that are, you know, additives as, as opposed to just how you're, you know, working the process with 100% agave. So I have a question about that. I'm so curious. So first of all, when you were doing your research, how did you know that certain makers were adding additives? Was that on the bottle or did you have to like dig no. in to find that? Like if I were... If I have a tequila downstairs that's not in Spiro, you know, can I, would I know that it had all these additives in it or would I have to dive deep to figure that out? You probably would not know. So the reason people don't know is because it's allowed um, in Mexico by the CRT, which is the governing body for tequila in Mexico. So you're allowed to add up to 1% of additives in, in an aged expression. That's something that's been like in, in barrels. Um, and then actually you also are allowed to add under certain, there's certain like kind of like regulations and things, but you can add additives to a Blanco as well. So you would not know because it does not have to be on the label. Some of them have it on the label. If it's on the label, you know that it's actually even above the 1% level. So if you see like, you know, with vanilla flavoring or something, you know that that's even in excess of that. What when we started this process, um, um, a group down in Mexico called Tequila Matchmaker, and they are they're amazing people and really kind of tequila loyalists who they wanted to see the traditional processes, you know, adhere to and the tradition in tequila. So they came up with a confirmation process. So we actually are confirmed additive free by them. And if you go to their website, Tequila Matchmaker, you can look up any brand and it will show you if they're confirmed additive free or not. So they actually are running this um, additive free confirmation process. And right now it looks like, you know, about fewer than 10% of tequilas are confirmed additive free. So that's so interesting because you're telling us that you created this tequila that's easy to drink, that's smooth, that has this natural sweetness to it. I think it tastes phenomenal. I've had a lot of different tequilas. Like, why wouldn't everybody want to go additive-free? I don't understand. You know, um, it's more time-consuming, just frankly. So, you know, we're, we're a new, small brand. We um, have the ability to be really kind of thoughtful in our process and we have this meticulous process and how we do it. Larger brands who 
maybe use quicker methods um, and younger agave. We use mature agave with the, we have certain maturity requirements, certain sugar level content requirements. So if you want to kind of circumvent that and use younger agave that doesn't have maybe all the sweetness that you would want um, and the sugar levels, but you want to do it more quickly and have your process go more quickly, then you use additives to kind of make up for it and make up for the taste. Um, And it's also easier, frankly, probably for consistency purposes, right? If you're kind of starting with something a little more neutral and just using additives, you can create the same thing over and over and over. And it's not traditionally, if you're using traditional processes, you know, there are going to be slight variations each time. I mean, we have a process, we have a recipe, we follow the specifications, but we're not adding anything to it. So one time, maybe it's going to be slightly, nothing perceptible, you know, to a lay consumer. But um, I think that's probably, if you're just kind of like churning it out more quickly, it's easier to do it that way and use additives to get the product kind of like where you want it without kind of taking all that the time. Our process um, for a Blanco is extraordinarily long. Like it takes us about, I mean, over two months, two two and a half months, just to create a Blanco tequila. And um, many people are creating their Reposados in that amount of time and aged variation. So, and our Reposado, which just was released, our Rosa Reposado, that's also confirmed added free and that, you know, took much longer because we are using rosé barrels to age that and finishing in Pinot Noir barrels. And that's really unusual because it does have this rose gold hue. And most often, if you see that kind of color and a pinkish color, that means that coloring has been added. So the fact that we were able mm-hmm. to do it and create that color, but without using coloring in our additives is also, um, you know, I think pretty remarkable. So. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It reminds me of, I mean, think about wine too. And Marty and I have talked about like clean wine on this show, you know, several times, just the, the mass produced wines and what they have, the additives and the colorants and all that, because they're trying to get a lot of bottles out there and they want them all to taste the same. So very similar. Yeah. It's just, you're really staying true to your, you know, your, your goals and your vision for this brand to be a clean additive free product. Um, and I, we, we want to dive in and talk about the new um, rosé, Reposado. But before we do that, can you touch a little bit on what this journey to create this tequila as a woman has been like for you, given that you said it's such a male dominated industry? Yes. So I actually think entering the spirits world, um, my biggest hurdle was really not being a woman in the industry. Um, I think one, it doesn't phase me that much because I've been in all male dominated industries. I mean, we talked about this. I was in, you know, accounting, there weren't that many accounting majors when I took it before that I was an engineering major, you know, I just, and then I was a big law firm in transactional law. So I think that maybe part didn't phase me as much because I've always been kind of like one of the, you know, few women in the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What I think um, I found more surprising was that, um, it's a very like insular industry. Like everybody seems to know each other. So coming in as an outsider was really uh, my biggest hurdle, not having experience in the industry. Lots of people have been in for a long, long time and worked their way up through the industry. So, you know, 
gaining um, respect and earning credibility as an outsider, I think has been difficult. I, my way of kind of overcoming that was to just do as much research as possible and to become as informed as I could. So I think I probably went a little bit above and beyond as far as the amount of <laughs> research I did to prepare. I mean, everything from webinars, reaching out to industry experts, listening to podcasts. I mean, I took a course offered by the CRT in, um, in Mexico to be certified in the production and history of tequila. Um, so I, I did as much research. I understand, you know, I wanted to understand the, the players, the landscape, I mean, process, everything I could understand about the industry, because I thought, um, that was where I really needed to kind of like earn the, the respect of people who've been in it for a really long time. We are so excited to share with you our brand new Health Transformation VIP Day. This inaugural experience that we've created just for you will take place on Thursday, August 4th from 12 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Our new VIP Day is for you if you want to dedicate time to sit down create a vision, identify roadblocks, and formulate a simple plan to achieve your goals in just one afternoon. If you want to uncover what's holding you back from achieving your ultimate health and happiness and find a doable path forward that, forward that will work for you. That sounds so awesome. So I'm excited about this. What about you guys? Are you ready to reach your most pressing health and wellness goals and discover your personal art of living well? Group members will feel really ready to jump into their personal, personalized plans armed with the tools and confidence that they need. We can't wait to have you join this beta VIP day group, and it's going to be on August 4th from 12 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is a virtual gathering, and for more details, click the link in our show notes or head over to our website theartoflivingwell.us, and we cannot wait for you to join us. That's, I mean, that's amazing that you did that. It's, um, you know, because a lot of people just like want to start a business and they just want to go and do it. And they don't necessarily want to learn everything that you did. So that, you know, that's amazing. And you talked about a lot of your business being run by women, which is obviously really important yeah. to you. Can you talk about this a little bit more and like why it's been so important for you to inspire and empower other women? Yes. Well, I think there's a few parts of this. One, um, here, this was my re-entry into the workforce, right? And as we know, women who've been out of the workforce and have a gap on the resume for two or more years, um, the, the rates of being able to get a job are like abysmal. So I feel like instead of trying to pound down someone else's door, um, I just built my own door. And for me, it was important then to give other women the opportunity to be part of that and, and have a voice in it. So, you know, my head of operations, she, um, she was a stay-at-home mom of three children who I kind of took out of that role. And I said, I don't, you know, I, I wanted her. She had experience. And I said, I don't care when you get the work done. I don't care if it's late. She sends emails very, very late at night. I don't care when it is. I don't care if it's early morning, late at night, whenever it is around your schedules, if you get it done, great. So I thought there was that part of it. Um, 
for me, it was essential that the person creating the taste profiles, I really wanted a female master distiller. So I had searched high and low for that. I read a book on the women in tequila, very small book, and, and discovered all the women who either own their own distilleries or are master distillers. And when I came across Anna Maria Romero Mania, who developed the aroma wheel in tequila, identifying 600 aromas in tequila and where in the production process they're, they're produced. Um, I really wanted her because I thought aroma for this particular consumer was also going to be really important. So I, it, to me, it was important that we could bring like an all-female team and voice. So my head of sales and marketing, I have an all-female advisory board. I if I was going to say that I was doing this and bringing this perspective, I didn't think it would be very authentic if it was just me as like a figurehead. And then my main advisor is, you know, a a man who's been in the industry for a long time. And he's the one who's advising me on all this. Like I thought it was really important to have that perspective all the way through. And and frankly, I mean, men love the tequila, but we're trying to talk to a female consumer and who better to, you know, find them, reach them and, and relate to them than, you know, we are the consumer. So I feel like we're best to be able to understand who this consumer is. And it's not that it's to the exclusion of men. It's just that every, you know, there are like almost 2000 brands that focus on the male consumer. And I think there's room for, you know, some brands that focus on a female consumer as the primary, you know, drinker. So in terms of the tequila itself, what is your favorite way to drink it? So I'm really, I'm very simple. I drink a tequila on the rocks with a little bit of soda. And that is, so we have amazing, fantastic recipes on our website on spirotequila.com. People come up with great recipes for us. I am not a fabulous cocktail creator and I really like it. It's, it's easy to drink. And I, my preferred, you know, drink is literally on ice with a splash of soda. I don't even add garnish. I don't squeeze any fruit. Like that's how I like it. best. (laughs) Well, I just want to echo those recipes on your website are delicious. And I love that they're like really fresh they're creative. I mean, I haven't made all of them, but I did. I was having some girlfriends over. I think I mentioned this before we were recording um, to open up the bottle and I printed out a whole bunch of them. And, you know, I just did a couple of things different. Like, oh, I'm going to cut up some grapefruit just for, you know, a little bit of extra. And I did make, you have like a, I usually don't do a lot of simple syrups, but you have a recipe for just honey and water, super simple. So it was just a honey-based simple syrup. And I made that and just like a little dollop of it. Not that you needed it, but it was kind of fun to mix it up. And I mean, everyone loved it. They're like, this is so smooth. Like you said, very little bite. Um, it got rave reviews. So I just Music thought I would to my that ears. as well. Yeah. I, <laughs> and this I, is like your, your ideal demographic was in my kitchen. So, <laughs> And I did I mine that. when I, I also had a couple of people over and I did it completely different. So I served it with kombucha mixed with oh kombucha. It was really good and light, and I just loved how smooth it is because I often can't drink tequila because I just am like, oh, like it's too, the bite is too much for me. So this goes down really easy. Uh, Yes. And we try and show it in like clean ways. Like bottom line is if you 
put tequila and a big sugary margarita, you're still not going to feel great the next day. So we really try and show like clean ways that you can drink it, you know, with fresh fruit and, um, and herbs and things like that, that don't require, you know, like kind of really sugary bases and, and like you notice, we don't really use many liqueurs or things like that in our recipes. We try and keep them right. really kind of clean and simple because I think people want to be able to make a drink fairly easily. easily. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the reason why your mission for starting this company, you don't want a clean additive-free product that then you're going to dump a bunch of additives totally. and sugar into it. So yeah. it just goes along with the brand and it's your demographic out there. That's what we want. We don't want to wake up with a headache the next day. We want to be able to have a drink or two. Um, and be able to sip it and enjoy it. So, yeah. Can you tell us like a funny story or a situation that maybe you've encountered in your work recently? Maybe it involved tequila shots. Maybe it didn't involve tequila shots. Um, probably, um, probably no um, tequila shots. But um, oh gosh, there are so many, so many adventures every day of things that. Um, usually things that go awry that we have to figure out quick problem solving. Um, but I do have one story and this was really, so we down, went down for our first tasting and it was, it was really exciting. And um, we were going down to Mexico. We couldn't go through all of COVID. So my husband came with me. We went in May of 2021. We were finally going to taste like the final samples and their samples set on the table. And, um, and it was like a surreal moment, but we'd been traveling to get to Mexico go from where we go in Guadalajara from Chicago. You have to take two flights. You have to go through Houston. Like it was a long, we left like early, early in the morning, got there, hadn't eaten, went super hot. Anyway. So we're like kind of drained. We get the four samples. It's hot in the room. Anyways, my husband, there's like a, a glass next to it. And at the end, he's like, wait, he's like, he had, he had drink that he thought was one of the samples. I'm like, no, no, no. That was the vodka you were supposed to rinse your mouth with in between the samples so he's like wait how about this sample i'm like oh no you're supposed to rinse he gives you vodka to like rinse in between so he drank like all the samples and the vodka he was he was you know not not in the best situation like because we had been traveling all day and eating i was like oh gosh you're not gonna be but but it was just funny that i was like wait you didn't pay attention to the directions like you weren't supposed to drink that you're supposed to switch it in between Oh, that is so funny. See, I didn't even know. Like I've been to do, I've done wine tastings, but I didn't know about that ritual when you do tequila tasting. Yeah. So that's how Anna Maria, she ran a like really formal tasting, which was amazing, like learning from her. Yeah. But first she did like a whole aroma kit where we were trying to identify aromas. I'm actually running a tasting like that tonight for a whole group of women. I'm really excited where I pass around aromas around the table and we have little cards and they try identifying what the aromas are to see if you can identify that and then figure out what you smell in the tequila um so it's really oh, I love that. Really fun yeah so I started doing that in, in some of our events but um yes there's certain crackers on the table and there's the glass of vodka but so it was that's kind of um, one of our yeah funny moments that he drank the, the glass of vodka and I'm, I'm sure he did not pick that as one of the good samples since I don't think it tasted hard. <laughs> right 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 exactly um so, you know, for all our listeners out there who have this sort of entrepreneurial itch or longing to start their own business, or maybe they're like serial entrepreneurs, um, can you share what's been like a super positive aspect of launching your business or maybe just advice in general you have for women who are 
trying to get out there and maybe get into um, a business or an industry like yours that you don't, you know, it has a small inner circle or it's dominated by men. Um, and it's not like super easy to, to enter. So I say the first thing is you just have to do your homework. I mean, I don't think there's any way to get around the hard work, research, 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 and be prepared. And there are so many resources that are available though. Um, you know, there's webinars, there's podcasts. I learn a ton from listening to other founders on podcasts. Um, you know, I just think there's, you know, books, um, there's newsletters that I follow and read to get an idea of what's going on specifically in my industry. I also read things that have to do with marketing and digital marketing and, and even how newsletters should come out, you know? Um, so I just think to learn, there's so many aspects of starting. It's one learning the industry you're going to enter. And then you need to learn like all the aspects of starting a business, right? I have to understand like, how do you, what are tools and software for bringing on employees? How do you get barcodes? How do you, it's all really at our fingertips, but it's a ton of work. I mean, so you have to be willing to kind of put that work in to get up to speed, but you can do that, I think, fairly quickly. Um, I think the other piece for me was really uh, also to establish a network. So as much as, as much due diligence as you can do on your own, you need a supportive community to really, I think, help you. It's, it's a very lonely, um, kind of lonely endeavor being a solo entrepreneur. And I really think you need to build a supportive community around you. And I've just found so many amazing networks of women who are collaborative, who are supportive. Um, if you put an ask out, you get responses. And it's been, actually, I'd say that's part of the, you know, most exciting pieces for me is I have connected with the most extraordinary, you know, female founders and leaders. Um, and I feel like I learn from every single conversation. So I follow up uh, with every introduction. I, you know, I'm happy. I feel like you can learn across industries. So I look often to other verticals, not my own industry to kind of see how people are doing it and what their best practices are. And, you know, maybe they have a an agency that would be really helpful for me. They could be in a totally different, you know, area. They could be in beauty and they found someone who's great that would be helpful for me. So I think building that really kind of collaborative network. Again, though, I'm going to say be prepared as well. So when I reach out, I'm very specific. I've done my research. I know who they are. I am asking something specific about them. I said, oh, I listened to you on this and this podcast. I love your message about this. Or I read your book on, you know, I, I was being introduced once to an author at a book signing. It was right before everything shut down for COVID. And I remember I ordered her book and read it two days before I went to the book signing to make sure that I could ask intelligent questions when I went there. So that's what I would say. I'm very responsive when people reach out on LinkedIn, especially to me, because I'm more active probably on LinkedIn than other social media, but LinkedIn, Instagram, um, I always respond, but I'm always so much more excited to respond and talk to someone when they said, I listened to you on this and this story really inspired me. And can you connect? Or I talk about how I had an, I have an all female advisory board and someone reached out like, that's so interesting to me. I'd love to learn how you built an advisory board and what you look for and how you did that, you know, and I'm like, sure. And I set up a, you know, set up a Zoom with them. Um, but I think you're going to get a lot more 
response from people if you go in and are really thoughtful about it and and you know don't I I always tell people especially you know kind of younger people starting out like don't reach out and say can I pick your brain on something like come in mm. and ask mm. something really specific about what you want to learn from them and I also generally try and just, you know, give some information back. I mean, even if someone's way ahead of you in the game, there's probably something I've learned. There's something I've done that can be helpful for them. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, because I'm exhausted my research, I probably interviewed like, you know, 30 different agencies just to find a social media agency. I mean, I, so you can ask me about any of them and I'm like, Oh, I looked into them. So, you know, I, and I think go in with that also that people are open. People I found that people are receptive, people want to help. And, you know, most of the people you reach out to when you come in really purposefully and, and with something specific are, are going to, you know, be willing to connect. I think that's great advice. And I know Stephanie and I, from our own experience with our podcast, when people reach out to us and they're like, oh, you should have me on your show, but they've never listened to the show. They have no idea who we are, what we do what we talk about. It's like, really? Like, yeah. Whereas, you know, when someone does their homework and they're interested and they're engaged, it's so much more interesting and exciting to, to engage back with them and to have a conversation with them. So I, I really do think that's great advice. And even to young people that are just starting out in their careers. Absolutely. I think that advice is, can go a long way for people in, in many facets of their life, you know, not even just starting a business, right? Um, so as we start to wrap up this conversation, this has just been so much fun and we want to make sure people can connect with you. So can you share where we can, people can find you, where they can buy um, Inspiro Tequila? Um, and that maybe even, you know, I know the, the new Rosa, Reposada yeah. one is that that's available now, right? You said it just it is. So our Rosa Reposada okay. was just released. It's it's a really exciting new expression tequila. It is the first tequila that has been aged in rose wine barrels. So I had to scour the earth to find rose wine barrels. I really <laughs> I so I happen to really like rose wine, but I don't feel good after I drink wine as we discussed. So I thought, is there a way that I can use rose wine barrels with tequila? So, um kind of, I, I think that's one of those things where I was told like, okay, give up already. It's, they don't exist. And I kept at it and we found rosé wine barrels in the South of France. So we have French rosé wine barrels and we were able to age the, um, our tequila in it and then finish it in Pinot Noir barrels. So if you, if you see it online, you'll see it has this like really beautiful, um, rose gold hue and it has like a really rich and complex taste profile. It's, it's very unique. Um, and right now, so we are online on inspirotequila.com. We also just launched on reservebar.com online. And, and in certain markets, they actually have same-day delivery in certain markets on Reserve Bar. Okay. And we launched in Illinois in, in retail. So across Illinois, um, we are in a number of, of retailers. So for any of the Illinois listeners... Um, if you go to our website, you can find out and see which, which retailers we're located in on Inspiro, I-N-S-P-I-R-O, tequila.com. It has a find us on there so you can see where we're located, retail, you know, 
locally in retail and it has a request us. So you can also submit a request us to your local retailer to tell them that you want Inspiro tequila. Um, and then you can follow me on, on LinkedIn. I'm Mara Smith. Um, that's my favorite form of, I don't know if it's called social media, but, um, and then on Instagram, um, on Inspiro tequila and I'm on be inspired by Mara but I'm not great at social media, as we said, so it's my attempt. But you can find us, and then we're on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Spiro Tequila on all of those platforms. And then, and we'll link all that up in the show notes. And, um, and then you also have a coupon code that you're offering for our listeners. Yes. Yes. So you can receive 10% off online on our website on InspiroTequila.com if you use the code living well 10. Thank you. Yes, thank that. you so much for that. Um, and we really hope that you, your next state that you have local retailers is Minnesota, <laughs> which is just, you know, very close, right? I don't know. I know it there's is. lots of legality with liquor and states and all that good yes. stuff, but um, <laughs> hopefully soon, but in the meantime, we can have it delivered to our door. And I've never heard of reservebar.com. So I'm going to check that out. So yes, um, they're a big marketplace. Yes. Mara, as we wrap up this conversation, one question we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? For me, I think it means doing really small things that energize me and make me happy and trying to appreciate them in the moment. So as opposed to thinking it has to be like kind of all or nothing or really big or a full, you know, like relaxing vacation or spa day. I think, you know, the fact that I make my matcha every morning, I take time, the time to make it um, and kind of like the traditional way and really, and, and enjoy it. Even that little moment to me, you know, it energizes me and makes me happy. And I try to kind of appreciate those little things. Told you before we started, like today's a beautiful day out in Chicago. We don't have that many perfectly sunny days, low humidity. They're great. So I try and like appreciate that, right. That it's beautiful outside. I can take a walk or something. So that's, I'm trying to really, those kind of little moments I'm really, really busy. There's a lot going on all the time. So I really think those just small things that kind of energize me and make me happy and trying to like appreciate it at the time. I think that's so beautiful. And it's such great just inspiration for others because we all get tied down in the quote busyness of life and like starting your day with these rituals it just probably has a nice ripple effect on your entire day and your outlook and the gratitude that you have you know for every little thing that happens whether it's you know positive or you know maybe not so great so yeah yeah it gives me a good perspective to start like even when things are going to go you know, who knows what's going to happen and how many, how many hurdles you'll face or obstacles in the day. But yes, at least I can, like, I have little, I have a, a bird lady put a nest together right outside my window of my kitchen and there's little baby birds now in it. And even that Aww. every once in a while during my day, I'll get up from my zooms and everything and go look. So I can see the, you know, mom feeding little baby birds. I'm like, well, that's kind of like calming and relaxed me and, and like brings me happiness throughout the day. So it's just those little things. And Absolutely. the fact that you're mindful of them and you're noticing them is 
amazing. And, you know, you're able to step out of your Zoom and take a step back and be like, okay, I'm just going to take a breath and look at the birds for a few minutes before I step back into my job. I think it's important because you can carve out like small things. If you think it has to be really big and it, 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 I feel like then you're waiting and waiting, waiting to do something. Okay. Well, it has to be, you know, I have to have an hour and a half to work out. Well, I can take a half hour walk or something right after dinner and clear my head. Like I'll take it. Great. Um, so it's kind of like whatever you can fit in, even if it's a small, you know, just a small period of time. That's kind of what I, I try and do because, um, you know, I am in the startup life and things are hectic and crazy. So it's just finding those really little moments. Absolutely. I think Marty and I couldn't agree more with that. And we love hearing that from you and sharing that with our listeners. So and we thank love you so much. Doing. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. So thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. And um, we look forward to hopefully seeing you on the shelves. Inspiro Tequila on our local shelves in Minnesota very soon. Uh, would love to be there. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.